So, Curtis, you've been in politics for a long time, so I'm hoping you can help me answer this question out of Nassau County, right? George Santos expelled two weeks ago today, right? Two ridiculous, ridiculous. Booted out of Congress. Yeah, well, I'll explain to you in the next segment how ridiculous that was. So now Republicans have picked their candidate, Tom Swazi, for the Democrats. And for the Republicans, it's also a Democrat. Her name is Mozzie Phillip. They made the announcement yesterday. Why are the Republicans in Nassau County picking a Democrat to be their candidate in the congressional race that uh, this election taking place in February? Anytime you deal with the Nassau County GOP of Chairman Cairo and uh, Congressman Peter King, there's political trickology all the time. All the time. So this woman is a Democrat running as a Republican. In all the annals of politics that you've covered, in predominantly uh, Democratic New Jersey, Democratic New York, Democratic Connecticut, Democratic East in Pennsylvania, have you ever heard of a uh, Democrat who said, no, I'm running as a Republican, but I'm a Democrat? Never. I don't think I've ever heard of that. Yet, after the disaster of George Santos, the full responsibility of the Nassau County GOP, who took $185,000 from him, hey, whatever happened to that money? And the Democrats, uh, the state chairman Jacobs, who is also head of the Long Island uh, Democratic Party, they knew all about George Santos, but they told Zimmerman, that Pischer, that uh, Schmendrick, don't say anything. You know, he he's going to lose. Uh, don't say anything. You're going to be the next congressman. And then surprise, surprise, election night, it's George Santos who's the congressman. And the GOP, Nassau County machine, has been crying ever since. We got to get him out. We got to get him out. Let me tell you something. Something wrong here. All roads lead to Umberto's, King Umberto's, out in Meekham Avenue in Elmont, where all the candidates who came to be heard by Chairman Cairo and kiss the ring of Congressman Peter King, had to order the menu item named after uh, Chairman Cairo that's called Veal Scalapini a la Cairo, or they wouldn't get to first base. And then, listen to Cairo yesterday on the 5 o'clock roundtable discussion, talk about how many Republicans had sought the nomination to take on the golden boy Tom Swazi. We had we had over 30 people uh come into us uh, and, and suggest that they would be a good candidate. Many were. Our committee, uh, which included Congressman uh, Peter King, as well as other leaders, community leaders, interviewed about two dozen, about 24. We narrowed it down. We did an extensive background search. Oh, yeah, I'll bet. Like you did with George Santos, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so out of interviewing 30 people, all of them loyal Republicans of different points of view. Some are Trumpers, some are not Trumpers. But they made their bones in the Republican Party. They probably collected petitions out in Nassau County. They probably gave out literature, retail politicking. None of them were good enough. Their money wasn't good enough. They had to go with a Democrat. And I will be so interested in hearing how they spin this because... It was just two weeks ago on a Sunday morning, I was at the big New York GOP gathering at the Empire Steakhouse, right near our, uh, our broadcast facility here on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. And they introduced all the big mockers in New York State, you know, Stefanik, Maliotakis, the Esposito, all of them. And they introduced this young lady. 
I mean, they introduced her as a Republican. By the way, they didn't introduce me. It's almost like I was a person of no consequence. So they're playing political technology here. She's a Republican, but she's a Democrat. They must really think the people of the 3rd Congressional District are stupid since they elected George Santos to begin with, right? You would think so. But you see, the real tale, the real tale of the tape is this is all about money. And I want you to listen intently because I'm going to break it down for you up next. I'm going to. Both sides. So the Swazi side and the side of the Democrat who for purposes of running is a Republican but won't give up her Democratic Party affiliation. I'd like to hear that explained. They're going to raise $20 million apiece for February 13th general election and then have to do the same thing in a primary four, four months later, which means lots of money for consultants, lots of money for the Long Island uh, Democratic Party and for the Nassau County GOP. Don't go anywhere. I'll break it down for you, this political technology up next. Curtis Lewa. Curtis Lewa. This is the Rip and Read, featuring Curtis Lewa. Now, to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Rip and Read. People are strange when you're a stranger. Faces look ugly when you're alone. Women seem wicked. When you're unwanted, streets are uneven. When you're down, when you're strained, faces come out of the rain. When you're strange, no one remembers your name. When you're strange, when you're strange, when you're strange. Oh, Jim Morris and the Doors. This song could have been the theme song for the Nassau County GOP led by Chairman uh, Cairo and the consigliere, Congressman Peter King, because maybe the strangest announcement that I've ever heard in political annals. Noam Layden, our news director, never heard of anything like this. And quite frankly, when I heard it, immediately I surmised that there was some political technology involved. We know that pretty boy Tom Swazi was the choice of the Democratic County leadership and state count, excuse me, state leader of the Democrats, Jacobs, a puppet now of uh, Hochul, who made uh, Swazi come up to Albany and basically get down on his hands and knees with a ball gag in his mouth while she whipped him. I mean, she was like a dominatrix. She whipped him. Apologize to me and my husband. You called us corrupt in the gubernatorial primary. Apologize. Kiss my feet. He did everything. He groveled. And she said, okay, we're going to give you the designation. And they already have a commercial out in the 3rd Congressional District, North Shore, Long Island, one of the worst commercials I've ever heard. But naturally, this is all about a race for money. This is all about a race for money. Uh, I was like the main critic of George Santos, and will continue to be. 
But he only had a few more months left before he would have been primaried June of 2024, and he would have been out the door. He had said he wasn't going to run for re-election. Assuming he's lying, okay, even if he wanted to run, he'd have to run in a Republican primary, he'd get crushed. But the Republicans on Long Island, the congressional delegation, insisted that George Santos had to go. And I thought it odd, since he had only a few more months left, other than maybe this would be just windfall fundraising for both sides because the consultants will be making mad money. There'll probably be $20 million on each side since Governor Hochul finished whipping uh, her candidate, Swazi. He appeased. He'll raise $20 million on his side. And now we had Joe Cairo yesterday who came on the 5 o'clock roundtable discussion with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby to announce who the Nassau County GOP had chosen to face off with Swazi. Uh, Mozzie came along. She's the first Republican who uh, was elected in that seat. She's done a great job. Now she's our candidate for Congress. Wait. Could you play that again, please? Because uh, he's lying there. Could you, you play that again? The same cut. Amazi came along. She's the first Republican who uh, was elected in that seat. She's done a great job. Now she's our candidate for Congress. But she's not a Republican. She's a Democrat who is not interested in changing her party's affiliation. Now, you look at a resume, black Ethiopian Jew, fled Ethiopia to Israel, Served in the IDF paratrooper there, went to school, uh, college in Haifa, eventually came to America after she met her uh, boyfriend uh, in Israel, and they settled in Great Neck amongst all the Persian Jews there. I get it. But she is a Democrat. Now, Chairman Cairo went on to explain how about 30 people had to schlep to King Umberto's, his restaurant of choice in Elmont. On Meekum Avenue, they had to order you order the menu item named after Chairman Cairo. It's called Veal Scalopini a la Cairo. If they didn't order that, they wouldn't even be considered. Listen to how many Republicans came to audition to take on Swazi. We had we had over thirty people uh, come into us uh, and, and suggest that they would be a good candidate. Many were our committee. Uh, which included Congressman uh, Peter King, interviewed about two dozen, about 24. We narrowed it down. We did an extensive background search. I would hope so, because the last time around, you knew all about how George Santos' resume was all made up. They knew. They accepted $185,000 from George Santos, and Nassau County GOP has never explained that, because they never thought he would win. The guy who replaced Swazi, who thought he could take out Hochul in the Democratic gubernatorial primary, was the little Pischer, the little Schmendrick Zimmerman who ran a PR agency. He debated, he debated uh, George Santos twice, never asked him any questions about his resume that Zimmerman and the Democrats already knew. In fact, again, I'm going to talk about how the North Leader, very prestigious community newspaper serving the Long Island Sound, uh, North Shore communities of uh, Suffolk and uh, Nassau had exposed him in October of the election year, full month before the actual election. 
and both sides didn't say Jack Diddley squat. So both sides knew that George Santos was a fugazi, that he had made up his entire resume, that, in fact, uh, he was not a Jew, he was not a Latino, uh, but clearly he's established himself as gay. That's about it. So what's going to happen now is they're going to gouge the fundraising. They're going to collect probably on both sides about $20 million. And this uh, special election has been called for by Governor Hoko on February 13th. Why do I remember? It's our 45th anniversary of the Guardian Angels. So whoever wins, there'll soon be a primary. Both parties will have a primary, and probably uh, there will be candidates challenging uh, the winner or the loser of that uh, February 13th snap election in the primary. So there will be more millions to be raised and then the general election in the presidential year, year where we will determine who our next president is. And when all, to, when all is told and done, they'll probably raise both sides combined about $60 million, maybe more. None of that would have been necessary if they just let George Santos finish out his term and then uh, run their candidates in a primary, which is uh, in June of 2024, and then uh, in the general election, the winners. And in fact, uh, just to give you an idea of the golden boy, the Italian stallion Tom Suozzi, his claim to fame, uh, if you notice, Justin Ellick, was the interview on Columbus Day on Fifth Avenue with an infamous uh, journalist known as Crackhead Barney. This is a woman who has no clothes on, then puts like on uh, white uh, powder on her very dark complexion and acts like a crackhead and actually has a YouTube uh, page. And listen to Tom Swazi, who is in so in love with himself and so in love with hearing himself talk. Quite frankly, he is the perfect, um, omnipotent, pretentious candidate for the Democrats. Hi! Hello there. Who are you? Tom Swazi. Who are you? Okay, cool. So are you running for office? I'm a sitting congressman now. Oh, really? For what district? The third congressional district on Long Island. Oh, nice. Oh, so that's New York State, not New York City. Yeah. Why are you here today? My father was born in Italy, and I'm here to celebrate Italian-American well, culture. Columbus was a uh, white devil. Columbus raped a village. Up, Didn't Columbus pillage? Native Americans? No, actually, there are a lot of violence taking place between different tribal groups at the time. We need to celebrate indigenous history, but not at the exclusion of the history of Italian Americans in the United States of America. But a lot of people feel that Columbus Day is an exclusion of indigenous people. But it shouldn't be, and we should work together to try and so celebrate all the groups. That? How do we do that? we got to communicate, not by making a joke out of it. You feel like I'm discriminating against you? No. Oh, look, today I'm an Italian. I have, I'm blushing. Thank you. Yeah, I'm pink. Thank and you. I have, you know, blonde. Thank you. And they walked arm in arm in the parade. I mean... This guy's a loser, Tom Swazi. You should know he always wanted to be governor. What a schmuck, what a putz. He's running against Elliot Spitzer in the Democratic primary. He's losing in the polls about 70 to 20, but he thought he was, oh, you know, he's the best, not like the rest, Tom Swazi. So team Elliot Spitzer comes to him and says, hey, uh, how would you like to be the lieutenant governor? You got no chance. He goes, what do you mean I got no chance? I'm going to beat Elliot Spitzer. He got crushed. And you know who became Elliot Spitzer's uh, 
Lieutenant Governor, my husband-in-law, David Patterson, who is now raising money for the Legal Defense Fund of Eric Adams, which we're going to get into up next. Yeah. <laughs> wow, what a loser, Swazi. But the Republican choice is a Democrat who's not a Republican, who they refer to as a Republican. This is all about the money, ladies and gentlemen. This is not about who's best for the job. This is all about consultants of both the Democratic Party and the Republican Party making a lot of scuttle, a lot of moolish moolish. It's the Riff and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Talking about this is the Riff and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. But now I'm gone to Rikers Island. He never want to go to Rikers Island. He used to walk and screw up him face. But now he's spending enough time upstate. They used to tell him understand. But now them find him with a M1. In a pocket, him have a million. So now I'm gone to Rikers Island. He never want to go to Rikers Island. But now I'm gone to Rikers Island. Oh, big full-page op-ed piece in today's Daily News by Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, mayor of the illegal aliens, in which he says New York City will close Rikers Island and that it will be closed by 2027. Problem is, is that if it's closed in 2027, they have to build four new jails. Staten Island has been exempted. One for each other borough, Brooklyn, Queens, Bronx, Manhattan, which would house about 1,100 prisoners apiece. But the current jail population is 6,200, and it's expected to rise in the city. So that means you won't have enough cells, dormitories, beds to house all the detainees that you have in the city's jail system, even if they built all of the four new jails, originally scheduled to cost $8 billion. If they were built tomorrow, it would cost $12 billion. If they're finished by 2035, it'll be like $24 billion. Money we don't have. We just don't have it. And this, uh, this Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, is just taking a wrecking ball to this city that we love and putting in the last nails in the coffin, finishing up from where Comrade Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope with his crooked wife, Charlene, had left the city after eight years on life support, after stealing one and a one and a half billion dollars from a program called Thrive that never dealt with one emotionally disturbed person. There's not one record of anybody who was helped by Thrive and yet the mayor took $1.5 billion of our city tax dollars, gave it to his wife, and they stole it. And all we see are pictures every day in the New York Post of uh, Bill de Blasio in a midlife crisis canoodling with women in the streets having a midlife crisis. Oh, my God, this guy belongs in jail. Maybe he'll have a Maytag in jail and he could have his midlife crisis with his Maytag bubble, whatever. But anyway... 
We're going to get to Rikers Island because all of these so-called experts have never been locked up in Rikers Island. I have. I know the good, the bad, and the ugly. But let's give you an update on the ever dive bombing into the abyss term as mayor of Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. He was asked a question on Good Day New York this morning about the $1 million that his favorite uh, company, DocGo, that he gave a $432 million no-bid contract to to take care of all the migrants that he rolled out the red carpet uh, to and invited to come to New York City. No transparency, no bid process. This DocGo company had never, ever before performed services for migrants or anyone in which they had to feed them, clothe them, or house them. The only interaction they had with uh, New York City taxpayers is they put up those stupid tents in the middle of COVID that were on the corners uh, of neighborhoods in which you would go there and somebody who seemed like they were so totally perturbed would stick a swizzle stick up your nose to see if you were positive or negative. And how any of you trusted that is beyond me. But they made millions doing that. And they were rewarded by Team Adams with, again, a $432 million no-bid contract in which already month-to-month a million dollars is wasted on food that is thrown away by them or the migrants. Our obligation while they're in our care is to produce uh, the food to feed them. Is it going to be filet mignon? No, it is not. It is going to be a basic meal, and there are those who don't want that basic meal, and there are those that are stating that we should spend more money on meals, and we're not going to do that. We're giving people a basic meal like we would give anyone uh, that needs to care so we can be efficient with taxpayers' dollars. And you should know that DACO, never having done this work before, has been making money hand over fish. The original contract was signed with their CEO, I kid you not his name, Justin Alec Anthony Al Capone. A month later, the Albany Times Union did a background story on this guy. He had more inconsistencies in his background than George Santos. And on that very day, he resigned as the CEO. And Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, mayor of the illegal aliens, was asked, Uh, doesn't this bother you? He said, no, CEOs come and go. We're going to continue to do business with DACO because remember, for every contract in the Adams administration, there are kickbacks to friends of Adams and his cronies. And remember, he has been asked from day one, what is your relationship to DACO? What's your relationship with DACO? Never answered it. Could I hear that question again, please? What's your relationship with DACO? Never answered it. I'm telling you, he's getting kickbacks. He and all of his cronies. A no-bid contract, no transparency. Why this company, Eric Adams, is getting kickbacks along with his cronies. He's done nothing to deal with the mess of DACO. And in fact, more importantly, they've continued to give them extended contracts in dealing in migrant issues. Man. Here it is. Remember the story of the uh, Milford Plaza Hotel 
when in the morning the illegal aliens would be given a bagel and a schmear and they rejected the bagel and the schmear because they said it wasn't culturally appropriate, I would have said, starve then. You're not going to assimilate to American uh, cuisine? Then starve. But, oh, no, Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, mayor of the illegal aliens, decided to contract with Grubhub and allow these illegal aliens to order anything they wanted that they felt was culturally appropriate. Conados habituales, beans and rice. Please, senor, make sure there's a chuleta on top of that, a pork chop. Mafungo on Tuesday, mangu on Wednesday. And we, the sucker taxpayers, were paying for that. He never mentions that, right? <laughs> That's all part of his relationship with Daco, a crooked company that has a $432 million no-bid contract with no transparency. And, boy, they are giving kickbacks to the friends of Eric Adams. Then he was asked to explain uh, why in this new legal defense fund that he has set up, uh, the people who have been announced who are leading this effort and what the whole point is. Who they named in the papers were those who are part of a committee that was put together that came to me and said, Eric, uh, we want to help you uh, raise the dollars for your legal defense. Something uh, that the former mayor, uh, speaker, coordinating with the speaker at the time, put in place so that uh, elected officials are allowed to legally raise raise money for their legal defense so it doesn't come out of, of their uh, resources. And I'm happy that that system is in place. Sure, I'm sure you're happy that system is in place because then you can be wine-dined in pocket line because Eric Adams' battle cry since the first day that he was in the state legislature. Show me the money. Show me the money. That's what it's all about. Oh, and then he talked about my husband-in-law, former Governor David Patterson, leading this effort. Gee, am I shocked? Surprise, surprise, surprise. Not. That's his number one toady, lackey, and sycophant, Governor David Patterson. There's a group of New Yorkers. You see um, former Governor Patterson, of uh, of former NAACP leader uh, Hazel Dukes, and others, everyday New Yorkers, who stated, we want to support you during this time, and I'm, I'm happy uh, that they chose to do so. Hazel Dukes was put in charge of OTB by the failed mayor, David Dinkins, and she was the first bookie ever to lose money. And it caused the collapse of OTB. David Patterson, uh, my husband-in-law, right, is always at the ready. In fact, when he was governor, check this out, Justin Ellick, uh, do a deep dive on this. Um, they were accepting uh, offers to run uh, the Racinos. Uh, one was Yonkers, that was obviously in Westchester, but the one at Aqueduct was right there in Queens. And one of the bidders for the right to run the Racino was AEG out of Las Vegas. And they had the ear of then-Governor David Patterson, former Congressman Floyd Flake, uh, State Senator uh, Eric Adams, who was the head of the gaming committee of the State Senate. Uh, they had the ear of the State Senate leader, John Sampson from Canarsie, and the state Senate co-leader of the Democrats, uh, Malcolm Smith, all of them crooked, all of them who were caught red-handed 
basically uh, asking for more and more money from AEG. And they should have all gone to jail. They should have been on the daisy chain perp walk. So, of course, Governor Patterson has always been a brother in solidarity with Eric Adams. Wherever, wherever the money is, wherever the money is. Show me the money. Show me the money. That's what it's all about. And now we deal with Rikers Island. I'm going to have an extended hour on the other side of midnight, the better side of midnight, which I do uh, Saturday mornings from 12 midnight to 6 until the break of dawn. Nobody better go to sleep. And then so nice to suit something, do it twice Sunday morning from 12 to 6. A full hour on Rikers Island because today in the Daily News, Eric Adams has announced that New York City will close Rikers Island. He says it's going to occur by 2027. Uh, they have to build four new jails. Originally scheduled, of course, $8 billion. If they were built tomorrow, it would be $12 billion. By the time they're built, it will probably be $24 billion. Money we don't have. The overseer is a federal monitor who has never been to Rikers Island. He's never there. They just have to send paperwork to him. And just yesterday, a federal judge chastised the New York City Department of Correction, held them in contempt of court after the judge learned that the jail's officials had put detainees who were found to be setting fires in a specialized unit without sprinklers in the cell. Really? In the arson reduction housing unit. These are inmates who are trying to set fires while they're housed in either C-74, C-76. And so in order to protect the other inmates, the guards, the workers at Rikers Island, they brought them all together. They put them in an arson reduction housing unit where they had no access to matches or anything that could uh, sort of cause sparks to occur because these guys are just pyromaniacs. And the federal government is chastising the Department of Correction on this. And instead of Eric Adams manning up and defending his Department of Corrections and taking on the federal government, he has folded like a cheap camera. And instead, he issued an op-ed in today's Daily News saying, oh, that's it. Rikers Island is going to close. How ridiculous. This guy always folds to everyone. He never takes anybody on. You know, this is the guy that some of you elected mayor of the city of New York. And now he's going to close Rikers Island. There's only room in the new jails once they're built for about 4,400 inmates. There are presently 6,200 inmates in Rikers Island, and that number is expected to grow. What's going to happen with the rest of the inmates? They're going to be turned loose in the streets. You elected the so-called law and order candidate who is allowing anarchy to take place in the streets of the five boroughs and has one guiding principle. Whatever the illegal aliens want, the illegal aliens get. The taxpayers of the city of New York, the homeless, the destitute, emotionally disturbed, some who are veterans, you know what they get? They get Ugats. They get Bubkis. It's the Rip and Read. Talking about. Featuring Curtis Lewa. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Curtis doesn't know about you, but he rips and reads. This is the Rip and Read.
Many have been summoned by Andrew Evilize Cuomo, King Cuomo II, the son of Mario Facha Brota Cuomo, King Cuomo I, to attend a meeting in Southampton at his brother Fredo, Chris Cuomo's compound this weekend, in which everyone's credentials will be checked by their wartime consigliere, Joe Pococo, who has just been released from federal prison for doing six years for political corruption and is once again back in the threat of working his uh, Louisville sluggers. Whether you prefer to have your leg bent and uh, stuffed into your pocket with a aluminum bat or ash wooden bat, pick the weapon that he wants to beat the living daylights out of you if you don't exceed to the godfather, Michael Corleone, a.k.a. Andrew Evil Como's orders. And I want to give credit where credit is due in advance of this summit this weekend to plot the political comeback of the Como crime family. A great, great two-minute promo has been done by Chris Libertini. Often my foe, sometimes my friend... He is the imaging director here at WABC, and he has outdone himself. 77 WABC presents an in-depth look at what's going on right now. Here's Curtis Lewa. It's been a showdown with Andrew Evilized Cuomo, King Cuomo II, the son of Mario Faccia Bruta Cuomo, King Cuomo I. Poll after poll has indicated that if Eric Adams swag a man with no plan... Mayor of the Illegal Aliens is forced to step aside because he's been indicted or is going to jail. Then Andrew Evil Eyes Cuomo would jump in into a special nonpartisan ranked choice voting election, of which there would be many candidates. But the agreement was made at, of all places, juniors on Flatbush Avenue across from LIU in downtown Brooklyn. Sitting there, with Frank Setio, who's in partnership with Frank Caron, the main bag man for Eric Adams, the agreement was that for any reason Eric Adams has to step aside, that Andrew Cuomo, if elected the next mayor over my dead body, would keep the entire team of Eric Adams in City Hall until a new election in 2025. You heard it first here from Curtis Lewa. Arthur Idala, who always runs interference with comrade Bill de Blasio, part-time mayor, dope from Park Slope, Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, and Andrew Evilized Cuomo, said that I made it all up. Guess what? I was right again, and all my naysayers were wrong. New Yorkers, I believe, can deal with anything. So, Andrew, at your compound in Southampton, where you've hit the mattresses and stir the marinara sauce... Listen to Curtis Lewa anytime. 77WABCRadio.com and the 77WABC app. Oh, magnificent. He's outdone himself. That's five-star top shelf Chris Libertini. Notice when they promo me, they said anytime because I'm on all the time. Always broadcasting, Curtis. Always broadcasting, Cancer Matitas. But now I see there is a plot afoot by Tom Hagen, 
the peacetime consigliere of Michael Corleone, a.k.a. Andrew Evilized Cuomo, that's uh, Arthur Idala. They tried to set up an interview with Sid before Sid departs uh, for his sabbatical. And I, I have said, do it, Sid. His team of Justin, uh, Wrong Way Lou Rufino, and news director Noam Layden have said, don't do it. And I have urged Sid to call Andrew Evilized Cuomo into the pit and finally make him answer questions that he has refused so far to address. The thousands of elderly who died during the lockdown and pandemic under his care in the long-term nursing home units, he has always, always avoided answering. And, of course, he was the author and the signer into law of no cash bail that has caused chaos and anarchy in the streets of New York. He wants another notch on his belt to destroy this time New York City. We have to tell him, no, not over our dead body.